Hey there, freaking awesome people, Winnie here from Mind Now, and welcome back to Inspirational Mind, where we break down channels, interview people to gain their perspective on how you can master your mind and gain self confidence, self esteem, especially if you're an introvert. But hey, don't shy away if you're an extrovert because the world needs you. So, this is a very special guest, as you know from the thumbnail and the title. It's with Charlie from Charisma on Command. I did this last year in November, and back then it, it was the same mind now, only with a Y, <laughs> M Y N D. And yeah, I, I really do hope you enjoy it. Um, the theme is very similar to now as well, also with self-confidence. And so, yeah, guys, without further ado, let's jump right into it. Yo, what's up, man? Not too much. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Beautiful. Yes. Awesome, man. Dude, this is such an honor. Thank you so much for doing this, man. No problem, man. Honestly. Dude, where are you right now? So I'm in my apartment in Santa Monica. Right. All right, awesome, awesome. You said you said that you have half an hour to forty-five minutes time, right? Yes. Let me just check my calendar real quick. I think I have something. Uh, yes, I have something definitely in about fifty-three minutes. Another call that I got to get on. But I'm good till then. All right, awesome, bro. This is such an honor. Like I said, man. So I, I'm just going to straight um, jump straight to it. All right. Okay. Go. All right, man. So. What, what is like the number one tip that you would give to normal people to become self-confident, man? Oh man, the number one tip. Yeah. I think it really depends on where you're starting from. Okay. So some people have worked on it and the tips that I would give them would be around building a higher sense of self-love and self-esteem for the regular person off the street. I think that the number one thing that they can do is probably prime themselves to, to be in a more confident state. Okay. So that typically looks like some sort of morning routine or some sort of routine before a stressful situation that gets you in a confident state. And okay. this can mean listening to music, moving around, dancing. I talk about incantations and affirmations. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, I think people kind of naturally do this when they're driving on their way to go out and at night. They play some pump up music when they're going yeah, yeah. for uh, some sort of athletic event. They've got their jam. Whatever is going to prime you to feel that confidence before you need it is the most helpful because it is a skill and it can be tricky to just snap into it when you're blindsided. Okay. So th these are the things that you usually do? Yeah. So, I mean, I try every single morning. I have a routine where I wake up and I do a couple things before, but then I play some music and I dance around and I say I love myself and I, I try to start my day in that mood. If I am going out at night and I haven't been out in a while and I know that I'm going to be a little bit anxious to go up and approach girls or something like that, yeah. beforehand, I will make sure that as I'm getting dressed, I've got music on and I'm moving, I'm moving my body, I'm moving around, I'm being playful with my buddies. When I get into line, I chat with the bouncer, I chat with the person behind me and in front of me so that when I'm in that situation that might make some people freeze and even make me freeze if I were a little bit less prepared, I can, I, I'm, I'm not in that nervous state I'm already in a good state so the confidence is with me before I need to turn it on okay all right yeah that that sounds cool do you do you actually do like cold approaches yeah I mean so I've right now I'm working a lot more on uh, my business I haven't gone out 
quite frankly, I used to go out four or five times a week. I was going out all the time, and I would say I'm down to once every week or two maybe at this point. It's a lot more uh, business. It's a lot more dating. Like dating has become just I'm meeting women in, in different places than out at bars and clubs and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so for example, if you if you see like a girl that you like, do you just like go straight up to her? In an ideal world, do I do it every time? No. <laughs> not. Uh, so if it it's sometimes if I'm walking in the street and I see someone and they're walking the opposite direction than me, I don't really have a choice. There's nothing to say. Hey, do you have you know the time or something? You have to go speak to her and say, Hey, I saw you. I thought you were stunning, and and you're it's very direct. Other times you'll find yourself, uh, just as an example, I haven't done this in a while, but if you're out at a bookstore and there's someone in the same aisle as you that you think is cute, there's a lot more things in the periphery that you can say, what book are you looking you can You can start conversation uh, much more situationally. Uh, but yeah, at a bar or a club, typically what I try to do is not pick a single person and go walk up to her because I think that she's attractive. I try to have fun with my friends, fun with whoever is right around me, and then from there, people tend to get drawn into it. And if at that point I do see someone that I want to speak to, I've already spoken to half a dozen people, it's very natural for me to go, hey, come over here. Mm -hmm. uh, so that I, I try to form a vibe and rather than just like pick a single individual that I want to go speak to when I can help it. Sometimes circumstances <laughs> substitute yeah. walking past and you don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool, man. Dude, like there, there's this problem with um, some people where they can't really accept themselves, where they, they don't really love themselves, you know, and that's why they can't like build this self-confidence and they, they don't want to like show themselves because they just, you know, they hate themselves. So what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so that, that's a deep one. And I think that it can be tricky for people to... I think that it can be tricky for people to even acknowledge that about themselves. The way that a lack of self-love or even self-hate tends to come up is a self-sabotage. They get in their own way. They are right about to get the job or to date a person that they like and then they screw it up. Uh, they finally start dating that person and all of a sudden they become controlling and clingy. Like when things start working out for them, they sabotage because they don't think they deserve it. Uh, but if you do identify as someone who does those things or who maybe doesn't have a, a high degree of self-love, I think step one is to do everything that you can to accept all of yourself. And I think that part of the problem is that the person that hates themselves typically hates a lot of people as well. They don't like that group or Republicans or Democrats or Goths or people who like this kind of music. Uh, and really what that is is there's there's parts of themselves that they're not cool with and so it's easier to hate on people outside of themselves verbally. So step one is going to be just to practice acceptance. You don't need to love the policy of the other side. You don't need to love the music of the other side. But do as much as you can, not just inside, but with other people to have compassion for differences. Uh, because what that puts you... It puts you in the habit of being accepting of the things that you might not love. And we all have things about ourselves that we're not crazy about. Times where we've been selfish, times where we've done really bad things to people that we care about. Uh, so you want to start by just giving compassion and understanding and acceptance to those things. doesn't mean that you want to continue. Uh, the next thing, once you've come from a place of acceptance, is to create habits in order to kind of express to yourself that you do love yourself. So for instance, people will 
before a date, they'll dress up. They'll make themselves look as nice as possible. They'll take, them, they'll take the date out to a really nice date. But when they're home alone, they treat themselves like crap. They eat crappy food. They binge watch crappy TV. Yeah, yeah. They don't have habits that are kind to themselves. And the self-talk that they have in their head is you're lazy, you're this, you're the other thing. Versus if they were on a date, a first date with someone, and somebody said that they didn't get their homework done on time, they'd be much more compassionate about it. So it's to, again, cultivate this habit of being almost like a good friend to yourself. So get in the habit of when you do find yourself beating up on yourself, expressing that compassion. Hmm. Get in the habit of taking care of yourself physically, of treating yourself like you would want to treat uh, a child or a very good friend in terms of the way that you speak to yourself and the habits that you set up for yourself. And that will, it, I mean, there's a lot more, but that will start to cultivate this sense of, of self-love and you'll stop self-sabotaging so much. Have you ever been in that situation? So I think it's a spectrum. I think that really everybody is in that. I think we all have situations in our lives where we limit ourselves. I, I think it's very rare that the world gets in our way and says, there is no way you're going to get what you want here. Much more common is, oh, I couldn't talk to her because she wouldn't like me, or I'm not the type of person who could ever start a business because I'm not that smart, or I don't have good ideas. It's very rarely that there's something outside of our control that just gets in our way and says, you will never achieve this thing. So have I been in that situation? Yes. I think I'm still in that situation. I think we are all in different parts of our lives. We hit a ceiling of how high we will let ourselves go. And I think it's a constant practice of uh, allowing yourself to achieve beyond that ceiling and feeling like not only, uh, not that you necessarily deserve it, but that you don't deserve to be put down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that it is, you, you are capable of that potential and that there's no reason that you shouldn't achieve it or experience it. Hmm. Okay, nice, man. Um, concerning um, overthinking, you know, people, they, some like when after high school they graduate and and they don't really know what to do with their lives because they have like too many too many passions and stuff yeah. what would you say to that like how how can someone find their thing that they have to pursue yeah but i think that there's two main blocks to get in the way of this the first is a lack of exploration and experience so when i was 19 you're like charlie what do you want to do man i could have rattled something off, but I had no idea. I didn't have any experience. So it was very important for me that I travel a bunch, take a bunch of different courses in different areas, see things that I disliked, see things that I liked, find out that I really liked some parts of Latin culture, but missed parts of American culture, right? So that, that gave me some framework. Uh, and then once you've had some experience under your belt, the second block that people have is that they're afraid to pursue the thing that they care the most about. So at that time in my life, I had a bunch of half-written essays, if you will, which eventually did become blog posts. But at the time, I would write them because I was really passionate about these ideas and these thoughts, but I wouldn't share them. And I think was, and if you asked me, Charlie, like, what do you want to do? I might have said, well, one day I'd love to be a writer, but that's, that's, that's one day down the line. And I think a lot of people have this. There's something that they're really into, they really care about, they pour themselves into in their free time, but they're afraid to pursue it as uh, a realistic vocation. And for me, what, what snapped me out of it was my very good friends just being like, dude, 
you spend so much time interested in psychology and human interaction and trying to learn about what makes people tick, and then you go home and you write about it, yet you're looking for jobs as a management consultant. Like, what's going on here? And they really kind of made me face my fear and admit to myself that I was blocking myself from pursuing what I was truly interested in. Uh, and then there's this whole question of, okay, how do you make that happen? But I really think that the biggest mental block is in admitting to oneself what they are really, really interested and passionate about. Uh, so step one, explore. Step two, ask yourself, where do I have a lot of work that I'm not sharing with people? Where am I spent? Like, what am I spending money on uh, to just go do in my free time that could potentially be a job? Uh, what do I lose myself in when I'm just doing this? I lose track of time. And those will point you in the direction of something that doesn't need to be your life's passion, but could be a really interesting project for you for a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, man. I mean, you you're also like into into music and stuff, right? I mean, I, I saw that yeah, yeah. in Instagram. Do you, do you plan on doing something about that as well? Yeah. So this is right now. You asked me like, where do people limit ourselves? I think for me, I'm currently trying to bust through my my fears around music. Uh, music is something that. I think most people on the planet just have a reaction to it. like you hear a good piece of music and there's nothing better <laughs> than yeah true true man yeah and I I love it I not only do I love listening I, I have worked hard to try to create it uh, so yeah I've been taking lessons for a while and I was afraid to post publicly about what I was doing because I felt like it wasn't good enough yeah, uh, yeah. and so what I've come to recently is just post what you got you know share it some people think it's good some people say needs work that's okay Yeah. <laughs> uh, the simple act of sharing it more has forced me to uh, be honest about the areas that I need to improve on and not just twiddle away practicing the whole time. Yeah, so it's yeah. actually helped me to get better faster. And to answer your uh, original question, I do think that there will be a period of time where Charisma on Command is the main focus and I will work to build an organization that can kind of run without me. Uh, or not as I won't need to be as involved and then I can start to switch towards more of my full time going towards music and then I, I, I do see myself splitting time but that's kind of what I do right now I just don't make any money on the music <laughs> no but that's awesome man keep on going because um, I mean you're, you're a good singer I mean I'm going to be really honest I mean there there's still improvement to be made but you're a good singer man you're a good singer That's yeah, my personal I, opinion. I, I think what's important to recognize there is, I'm, I appreciate that, I'm glad you think so. Uh, if I showed you my first singing, you would have been like, this guy has no talent, he's tone deaf, he can't hear anything. <laughs> say that to, to, for anybody who, for you, for anyone, uh, you can learn just about anything with enough grit and dedication. Doesn't mean you're going to be the best in the world, doesn't mean you can make a career out of it. Yeah. You, can get, you can get good at anything. That's uh, true. I totally agree. So that's, that's, uh, I'm glad that you think so, because it means that I've come, I've come quite a lot. Yeah, man, dude, like, I actually went to a doctor yesterday, I already told you in, in, in the emails that I wrote to you, um, but unfortunately, I, I got some bad news for, for my voice, because I also tried um, with singing and stuff, and I love music, because I've been playing guitar, like, I don't know, 13 years now, or something, and... I just love it. When I see you, like on Instagram, it's like really awesome. But, um, you know, with doctors, I mean, before we get to the questions again, sometimes 
Um, when I go to doctors, one say this, the other say that. So I'm not really sure which one is correct, you know. But um, yeah, but I, I totally get your point with dedication. And if you want something, you can really get it. You just need to be persistent and do it like literally every single day or at least try to, you know. Um, yeah, thank you very much, bro. Um, I'm always looking there because I have my notes. So I have to... <laughs> um, yeah, so what's like the big revelation concerning becoming char charismatic? Like the thing that you saw and you say, okay, that guy or that girl is charismatic. What, what's that specific feature? You know? Yeah, uh, so uh, when, I, when I broke it down, I mean, I wrote this years ago, but I do think it, it's still true, uh, is that there's, there's really three things that that determine it. It's your conviction. Like, yeah. Do you have this belief in whatever you are saying? And this yeah. is when charisma can become dangerous because it doesn't matter almost what you believe. You can believe something horrible. You can be an Adolf Hitler type, which is he just had insane conviction and people followed him down a very dark path. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's a belief in yourself and that, that comes from really knowing your values. Uh, second is energy. Like, uh, high energy is typically going to perform at a more arresting, grabbing uh, level than, than lower energy. Now, yeah. certainly are there people that are more subdued and calm that can still be charismatic? Absolutely. But there's an intensity there, even. If you think of like a Marlon Brando, like he didn't necessarily speak all no. that much, but there was an intensity. Uh, and then lastly, it's, it's these simple presentation things. So do you say, um, often? Uh, right there. <laughs> Is it <laughs> for you to make eye contact? Are you someone who has worked on your conversational chops, or do you just go back to, so, how's the weather? There's all these little things that you can do that will make you more charismatic, and that's what we focus on a lot in the channel, is yeah. okay, what are these tiny little presentation level things that, when added up, make you come across as much more charismatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you actually, like, take classes and courses on this, or...? No, so I was a philosophy major, and I don't think there are courses or classes as far as I can yeah. tell. There's certainly things that help. There's improv comedy, there's Toastmasters for, for public speeches. Mm. The way that I learned was by watching the people around me that really were charismatic and trying my best to understand what they were doing that was different from what I was doing. So I, I remember that I had a friend and there were times where I would tell a joke and no one would laugh. And within three seconds, he'd repeat what I said and everyone would crack up. Really? Because <laughs> stealing my jokes, but people don't think it's funny when I say it. So I, I tried to pay very close attention to him to see what was happening yeah. and learned a lot from people like that. And then it was a matter of going out and experimenting. Yeah, yeah. One of the best ways, because I was a young guy, was I was I wanted to meet women that I was attracted to, so I was going out to bars and clubs, and some of the most honest feedback that you'll get in terms of your, your ability to converse is from a woman in a bar or a club, because she's got 30 other guys that are trying to talk to her. Yeah, yeah. If you're not coming across with confident body language, talking about engaging topics, she is probably not going to stay and speak to you for very long. So I got a lot of feedback very, very quickly from those situations. 
And while dating is not exactly the same as other situations, it helped me to understand some of the foundational things about what captures and maintains people's attention. Okay. Wow. Man, you, you, when you talk, you talk like really thoroughly, you know, you, you go like really into detail, man. That's like awesome. Awesome. Um, so, okay, I think we're going to get into, um, yeah, a bit about entrepreneur. You are an entrepreneur and I want to become one as well. And what, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs? So, like starting beginner entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So again, same. You asked a similar question. It always depends on where you are, at which at which stage. It's like, what what advice would you give to a baseball player? Well, is he in little league or is he in high school or is he in the major league? Because the advice is going to shift. Mm. I'll assume that it's someone in your position where they they want to but don't really know how to begin or haven't totally started. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. That's what I mean. So, Sorry. <laughs> sure, sure. So I think that a lot of the, the biggest thing that holds people back is the belief that they need a good idea. And I think that the hard thing to recognize is that ideas are worth nothing. Uh, it's very easy when you think of someone who, man, I had that idea. Or like the pet rock. Oh, man, so stupid. I could have made that. <laughs> Execution counts for so much more. Charisma on command is not a good idea. It might seem like that in retrospect, but nobody's looking for how do I be charismatic. Nobody, nobody. It doesn't occur to anybody. Uh, it's not a smart idea to have a YouTube channel where you give advice. Like there's, there's no reason that that should be successful. I think our success comes from the way that we have executed it, and the way that we have executed with the breakdowns and the types of things that we cover have made it successful in spite of an idea that is mediocre at best. So the first thing is that. Entrepreneurs are so concerned with whether or not they have a good idea, and they often tell themselves, when I have a good idea, that's when I'll start my business. And yeah. you never will. Huh. So, here comes my buddy. What's up, bro? This is my delivery. Hey, Ben. <laughs> my shake delivery. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. No worries, man. <laughs> yes, yes, when I'm done. Uh, so, entrepreneur stuff that in. <laughs> uh, number one thing is ideas. So people people often think that the idea is holding them back. It's not the idea. The second thing is that you need a curriculum as a learning entrepreneur. Consider it almost like a class. There's nothing that I could say in an hour or 45 minutes which would take you from A to Z. But I could lay out a curriculum of books and courses that will, that will take you down that path. And so the beginning part of that curriculum, I think for most people, is to read the four-hour work week because that's going to really shift a lot of the things that you think about what it takes to be a businessman uh, and, and shift your understanding of, of what is valuable in business. I could go into it, but the four-hour work week does it even better. Mm. Uh, after that, that's going to help you brainstorm the topic for your, for your business. There's a course that is called Marketing Step-by-Step. Step. Uh, it's not so easy to find nowadays. It's by a guy named Evan Pagan. That's fantastic. And then the third thing that I would recommend is a book called Running Lean by Ash Maria. And if okay. you put those three things together, you will find yourself with an idea, interviewing customers, and at the end of it, you can literally sell them on something that you have not yet created. You can collect money. Okay. What we did with Charisma on Command, or sorry, with Charisma University, which is we had our blog, we had a couple people that were interested, 
we interviewed a bunch of people and asked them, what would you like us to make? Mm-hmm. And like, I want to learn about first impressions and confidence and conversation and all this. She said, okay, if we make a course that looks like this, it's going to take six weeks, you'll get coaching, you'll get this, would you want to join for 500 bucks? They said yes, and we before we had any of it made, we sold $12,500, 25 people joined that course. And so that model of finding out what you love to do that people are interested in and will literally pay for before it exists, that's what's going to be taught to you in these courses, how to do that well. And now you've, you've got a business, right? You don't need to worry about if the idea is good. It's good. People want it. They're paying for it before it exists. Uh, so those, those courses are what I recommend to just about everybody who's starting. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Um, one moment. Um, let, let me write that down for one second. <laughs> I'll send it to you via email. Don't sweat it. Okay, cool. All right, four hour work week. Oh, yeah. Um, concerning books, what other books would you actually recommend besides the four hour work week and uh, running league? That's what you said, right? As an entrepreneur? Yeah. There's a ton. Uh, it depends on which direction you go after those three. I think that those are really foundational. Those take you, so it's it's four-hour work week, marketing step-by-step, step, which is an audio course, and running lean. Mm-hmm. Those take you to the point where you have a business, you have money in your pocket. You have, you, you have thousands of dollars in your pocket, and now you have to go make something. So you need to learn how to execute at this point. And the direction of the next book that I give would be dependent on, okay, did you create a coaching business? Mm-hmm. Did you create a product business? Is it more of a service? Uh, whatever whatever books I give at that point are going to be very dependent on the direction of the individual business. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Then um, I won't ask further because I don't even know if I want to do coaching or products yeah. or service, but... Um, all right, that's cool. And what what other books? Like, I guess you read psych psychology books, and I guess because you're into psychology as well. And yeah, so recently, what am I I'm reading? I'm reading uh, a fair amount on Buddhist philosophy these days. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. that's really um, nice. Do you meditate? I've re- so I have in the past, and I've recently restarted. I think it is uh, increasingly important for yeah. for me. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I actually meditate every morning, like mm-hmm. for 20 minutes, and um, I feel really awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to take my time up, so I'm at 25. I'll probably do 25 a few more days, bump to 30. I, I do think that there's value in the extended meditations, meaning can you sit still for an hour or more? Definitely. It's very daunting for me, and it's very daunting for a lot of people, but yeah. it's a true test of what it's like to be you because if it's tough to live in your head if it's tough to be you you cannot sit still for an hour because your brain will just torture you Uh, so getting to the point where you can meditate for 60 or 90 minutes which is a goal of mine uh, I think is a strong indicator that you really do have a high degree of emotional mastery that 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 it's nice to be you that it's not torturous you're not constantly trying to escape your thoughts uh, that that they, it can be nice to just sit and do nothing. And so, that's an incredible power. Yeah. When you, when, you can, when you don't need stuff outside of yourself to feel good, when you can literally sit in a room and do nothing, my God, the, your dating life is going to go through the roof because you're not going to tolerate any BS. 
the types of business partners you have are going to be a super high quality because anyone who's not awesome just be like, I don't need this. I'll just go yeah. alone. Like, yeah, true, um, man, so true. It really does. It raises your standards, I think, when you when you meditate like that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, you do mindfulness meditation, right? I've been doing mindfulness meditation. I've been trying to figure out what the right one is. There's a couple. I've, I've actualized.org describes a meditation that's a do-nothing meditation, which is mm -hmm. you just sit still and you allow your thoughts to carry you in whatever direction. And then, of course, mindfulness is more focusing on sensation, uh, breath, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling. Sometimes you can label it. You're, it sounds like you're familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, but I've been doing a mix of both. Okay. Oh, that's cool, man. That's really awesome. Oh. Yeah, I love talking about meditation because it has helped me a lot, man, a lot. Yeah, that's why I'm like always when I hear, oh, Charlie actually meditates. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm a beginner. I'm very much a beginner. I do think I have a lot to, um, to skill. I think like any other to really to, to develop an ability to sit with yourself as, as much as it doesn't sound like a skill. Most people can't do it. It's hard. And yeah, definitely. I, that I'm very much still learning and I think it's uh, day by day it has it's getting a bit more comfortable yeah yeah and ultimately you will become happier as well like the ultimate goal <laughs> Exactly. yeah um, wait one moment hmm <laughs> yeah talking about conviction you you actually uh, mentioned that at the very beginning do you think it comes by having the self-confidence first or does it just come by automatically or how would you like describe it like so i think conviction i think really starts from coming back to core values people who lack conviction are doing things because their mom and dad told them to or because their friend group thinks it's cool or because society thinks that you should be a doctor or a lawyer so you ask them, like, you know, what do you love about practicing medicine? And they'll give you an answer, but it's it's paper thin. People who have conviction have taken the time to sit down and go, what is what what's valuable? What matters to me? And they really do go get to the core of it. So that when you if you're to ask me about music or charisma on command, the way that I'm going to speak of it because it truly is foundationally important to me is going to come across as just this is the this is the truth. Versus someone who, and I don't mean to say everyone in the industry, but someone who maybe is an accountant who is there because they thought it was a job that pays a lot of money. And you ask them, you know, anything, tell me about life, what's important. That's a person who is who has made decisions not based on their values, but based on what they think will keep them safe, perhaps, and what other people have told them is important. So it's going to be tough for them to have conviction in their life because they're probably making a lot of decisions from that place. So I really do think it comes down to what are your values and then having the courage to live them. Because oftentimes, like I said, you know, if your value is uh, music, if your value is a business like Charisma on Command, certainly people were not supportive when I told them that I was going to leave my job as a consultant to <laughs> pursue this. Nah, uh, nah. But in having done that, in having had success doing that, it is a virtuous cycle of conviction. It doesn't mean that I can't take feedback. It doesn't mean that I'm blind to someone saying, hey, have you considered this perspective? But it does mean that I, that I try as much as possible to be guided by my values uh, rather than what is going to be safest, 
get me the most acceptance and please other people. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I really like, because I have some, some friends who, who just, they're, they're unhappy about themselves, you know, and, and they, they're just really afraid to show themselves. And it does not matter how many articles they read and how many videos they actually watch, you know. And I think, you know, all with uh, self-love and self-confidence and self-esteem, I think you even talked about, um, you know, the difference between self-esteem and self-love, I think, in one, one video. I think it all comes down to conviction. That is just my opinion too. Like literally everything, what people do and what they believe in and what actually makes them happy is the belief that they have. You know, um, I, I, I looked at, uh, I watched an interview um, from, of Jim Carrey. You know Jim Carrey, right? Of course. And yeah, he, I think he's like enlightened and he has this conviction like he really believes in what he he says, you know, and of course he he has educated him, himself. But I, I think like happiness really comes from the belief that whatever you're doing is right, is correct. And it does not matter because you will always have haters, right? I mean, you also have haters, which I don't understand, but you know, people are just different. And so that, that is what actually pulls one down, the, the hater. You're doing something good, but then you see someone who's saying, dude, what you're doing is just wrong. And you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, you know, and then that guy or that girl will doubt, uh, have doubts. And, you know, it, it's sometimes it's a bit difficult because some people don't realize that no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, you will always have people who just want to drag you down, you know? And yeah, yeah and it's sad, but it, it's, it is how it is. And I think it's normal and it, they should be there because, you know, it's just kind of a balance. And besides, uh, you, you should just ignore them and do your own thing. But then again, um, sometimes you just think, Am I really doing the right thing? Because, okay, I have haters and they're saying that what I'm doing is wrong. So am I doing the right thing? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I think, I think that the important piece with haters is you don't have to take every single bit, especially if you're at a level where I get more comments with people disagreeing with me than I could read in a day. But it's not about, I think people often say block out the haters. I don't think that, I think that's a stopgap solution. To just say ignore them because you can be a real jackass if you ignore the haters, right? You can be a complete selfish, arrogant jerk and yeah. just go, I'm not going to listen to my haters. Yeah, yeah. I think what you need to do is take in the information that's yeah. coming at you. Don't let it lead to any sort of self condemnation, like, oh my God, I'm a piece of crap. You know, even yeah, if somebody yeah. says that about you, try to find the, the feedback in there and think, okay, is this right? Am I, do I need to reevaluate my values? And did I think that I was living up to my values in a way that I'm not? Uh, and in that way, I think what the, the problem is that people think that when somebody criticizes something that they've done, something that they plan on doing, whatever, that they think it is a reflection on their value as a human being. Like, oh crap, I'm worthless now. 
And when you can separate, hey, maybe I made some grievous mistakes, maybe I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, you become more open to feedback. And because you're adjusting, you're constantly making sure that you are on the best path possible. So there will and continue to be times where I like I, I've discovered the things that I have been doing in my past I don't like and I wish that I hadn't done them and I have to adjust. And I do think that if you shut out the haters, you you're you're closing off the person who's gonna point that thing out to you in the most aggressive way and you don't necessarily want to do that. You don't need to beat yourself up when you change course. In fact be proud. Be proud of the fact that you were open enough to go, you know what? I thought that I was doing this right the whole time. And in fact, I wasn't. Uh, one of the things, for instance, just so that this isn't so abstract, is the beginning when I told you I was going out to bars and clubs and talking to girls, the, one of the first books I ever read was The Game. And The Game has all these lines in it that, you know, say this to her when you start. And one of them is, oh my God, did you see the fight outside? And so I was an 18 or 19 or whatever year old kid or 20, I don't even know, going and I say this and people get engaged and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. They're listening to me speak. And people would tell me, this is a terrible book, don't listen. I said, nope, not going to listen to you, not going to listen, block out the haters. But after some time, I realized, I was like, wait a second, there wasn't a fight outside. Like, I'm telling a lie. This isn't true. I'm sure people are paying attention to me, I'm getting what I want. But it's based on something that is just a flat out lie. And I, you know, told myself it's not lying, it's flirting, because that's what he says in the book. <laughs> But I, I had to come around to this idea of, you know what, I'm not going to lie. And that is valuable feedback for me from people that are saying there's something wrong here. doesn't mean that I need to do it exactly how they would do it, but in absorbing that, seeing how it reflects uh, or how it matches up to my own values, I can then adjust. So I think that's where conviction comes from. Because when you've made so many adjustments in the past and somebody says, I don't think you're doing it right, you're like, I got a pretty good idea that I'm doing it right, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is a, this has very much been uh, stress tested. My way of being in this world has been stress tested many times, and I've made adjustments. So it's not like you're the first person to say, "Have you considered doing it this way?" Yeah, yeah. All right, that's good um, opinion on that. <laughs> um, what did I want to say? Oh yeah, concerning being a perfectionist, um, I think a lot of people, especially here in Germany, because you know people have different mentality, um, you know, towards uh, entrepreneurship, because they think it's risky, and you know, here parents say you need to go to college and get a degree, and you know, become an employee. And my problem is, for example, that I need to know um, everything, you know. I, I'm like a guy who I, I just need to know literally everything before I can start something. You know, for example, right now I'm studying international business and I, I think that I have to know this. I, I need to know uh, accounting. I need to know this part this part like literally everything but i think i i hear this quite often i mean i think in the uh, in the book four hour work week it also says that you kind of have to outsource it because eventually you don't really have um time to do like literally everything so i i'm asking myself um what is like 
okay let, how how do i rephrase this <laughs> how how do i know when i know enough yeah uh so i think that when you get really deep into perfectionism it's a better word for it is fear yeah, afraid of making a mistake uh you know afraid yeah of, of, and what perfectionism does is it keeps you safe because you never get started you just learn 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 you never actually have to take the risk stick your neck out there and get the truth back which is a fail yeah. <laughs> right? yeah 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 you just go i'm still learning and that, i did that with music i per perfect i'm going to be perfect before i perform yeah. that's a cop out go suck <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah take your lumps so when you know if you know it enough i think you should fail as fast as possible go out there and screw up now fail small in the sense that don't invest your life savings into it but Go out and invest your time. I mean, this—that's—that's that's something at this point in your yeah. life that you've got—you got as as a student and totally, man. Trying to make your way. Uh, go fail a whole bunch. You are the answer is you already have learned enough. Uh, and what you'll realize is you, you haven't learned anything. I don't know the first thing about accounting or international business. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I sell to people all over the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what do you think you're going to learn about international business? You're not going to learn in a textbook. Business is not a theory, it's a practice. And no matter, I'll give you the books, but you're going to learn more from your own experience than you could ever hope to learn. Yeah, totally. Which are still really valuable. Yeah. So, short answer, you've already got enough. <laughs> you've already learned plenty. It's time to get out there and do it. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree with you, man. Because I, I actually also have friends who are and entrepreneurs and they are successful and they say the same thing but i yeah. i want to hear your opinion as well you know yeah. so that people actually um actually uh, believe me <laughs> but it's not about convincing people or anything but it's just from for me as well so that sure. yeah um oh yeah about scheduling um do you have like a schedule plans that you have to do from this time to this time you have to do this and this and this I'm very inefficient. I would describe myself as pretty effective, but very inefficient. I don't spend that many hours working. I have a ton of free time. This business was very much built in the model of Tim Ferriss' lifestyle business, which is I have time, <laughs> you know? And if I look at my calendar and there's, I'm looking, this is a busy week for me and I have three things on my calendar today and two on them tomorrow, one of which is a lunch with friends. So there's not a lot of, I, I do not schedule. Now the things that I do have increasingly is a morning routine, which is like my meditation, visualization, yeah. that kind of stuff I'm finding is increasingly valuable. Yeah. Uh, but I am not a guru on productivity for sure. Uh, I still manage to get a decent amount done, but it's, I could, I could do a ton more. I prefer the flexibility. All right. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. So. Dude, talking about free time, do you, do you then travel a lot now? No. So I, I traveled for the last 10 years. Oh, okay. Great, important experience. Yeah. That was very valuable for me, taught me a ton. But yeah. One of the things that it has taught me after, I mean, 10 years is an exaggeration. It, it was more of like five. Uh, but one of the things that it taught me, I was picking up and moving just about every six months, is that I really value having a community and a home and a routine and every time I picked up I would destroy that I would you know all the people that I my friends with if I was dating anyone goodbye uh, 
cause stress in relationships, like, you know, trying to maintain something long distance. I am happy in Southern California right now. I might move one day, but I rarely, if ever, travel. I like my routine. <laughs> and uh, okay. while travel is important, it, it gets glorified in the Instagram age that we live, where you have all these beautiful sunsets. And I think people forget to realize that there's the same amount like people are coming to visit your city in most cases now not all of them but like if you, you live in berlin right yeah yeah people are coming to berlin man you know what i mean like like there's somebody in the world whose dream is to go to berlin and they're going to go with wide eyes and think everything's amazing and for you it's just whatever yeah yeah uh, so all that said travel see some you know do that stuff check out the cultures uh but it is not the cure-all make you happy thing that I think it's advertised as nowadays like oh you gotta travel the world yeah, yeah definitely man dude talking about meditation I have to go back to meditation again um, so you you are a beginner in meditating right um, yes. are you actually reading books concerning this yes okay which book would you recommend so actually no I, I, I've read books on it uh, I think One is Radical Acceptance by Tara Branch. Some of them I've mentioned, Actualize.org, which is a YouTube channel. He talks a lot about meditation. Yeah. What's the thing that I'm reading? I have to go in my Kindle. There's there's another one on just Buddhist philosophy. Okay. Uh, but a lot of my understanding of the different technique comes from that Radical Acceptance book and Actualize.org. Okay. All right. So, um, can can I actually recommend you one book? It's called Mindfulness in Plain English. And it's, it's a really great book. It tells you literally everything about how to meditate and what to do with your thoughts and everything. Honestly, it's written very awesome <laughs> and very easy to read as well. So, pardon? Who was it by? Um, the author, I do not know. Um, from I think he comes from uh, Myanmar or something. He was a monk before. He was... He's a very experienced guy as well. I read his um, biography, but I can't remember his name now. Anyway, it, it's a really great book. If, you, if you're really into meditation, that's what I... He's got a weird name. I'm looking at him now. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It's a very um, Asian name. <laughs> um, all right, I think, uh, I think I've already asked you everything I wanted to know, man. Yeah, that, dude, thank you so, so very much. Boom! That was the interview with Charlie. Man, it was really a blast and an honor that he actually gave me that opportunity to interview him because he's, he's quite famous in the YouTube world. Um, I was pretty nervous. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can kind of hear that maybe. And I had the same pullover on back then in 2017 <laughs> anyway what was your biggest takeaway from charlie tell me in the comments down below and hey always check out my description for awesome surprising stuff that will help you further gaining self-confidence and self-esteem self by mastering your mind and for more infotaining mind now content where we talk about okay i won't repeat that stuff remember that you are freaking awesome and that you can do it if you put your mind to it winnie out Fadoo.